Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always, as my chair squeaks, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. The squeaky squeaky. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Squeaky squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> We've watched the movie, we get together, we talk about it. It's quite that simple. We're in 70s season and in this particular episode it is the vote winner of 70s season. Our patrons had a choice of four 70s movies and... They actually didn't vote for the more conventional picks. They went for one of the, the lesser-known entries, and that was Damnation Alley, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, as always, we will start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers, if you do want to avoid that and maybe go check it out for yourself. The movie is on YouTube, if you really want to go and watch it. <laughs> it's easy to, easy to go and yeah, have a with it with the young Joe Bob Briggs doing the intro on it. Uh... I'm not, I mean, admittedly, I don't know if it'll be there for long. I don't know if it's like officially on YouTube or if it's more of a someone is being cheeky and it's just sort of survived. Oh, I thought that it's it's been there like seven years, according to oh, the okay. video. Well, in that case, I mean, they're clearly not that concerned about it then, are they? So, yeah, Damnation Alley is a post-apocalyptic science fiction film. Uh, it's about a road trip, effectively, from... Where did this, was it like San Francisco they started in? Uh, somewhere in Southern California. Yeah, California. Uh, and they're going to Albany, New York. And the the trip there, which they have to dodge certain radioactive like parts of the country because of all the nuclear bombs that went off. Uh, they refer to that as Damnation Alley, hence the title of the movie. Um, so that is the, the basic gist. It's a road trip and a kind of futuristic tank-looking buggy vehicle thingamajig. And... That's basically it. Uh, but the movie does notably start with actually getting to see the day that all this happened. We get kind of... Because our, our survivors that are the main characters are actually people who were all employed and serving at the uh, the missile base that tried to counterattack. Uh, so it's that that's, that's who we're following. We're following the people who failed to save the country and possibly the entire planet. Uh... Which actually is a good point. They never actually really mention about anywhere else. So I mean, it may just be it may just be the US. This this. I know right now they do say something about the Earth as a whole at one point. So I guess maybe the whole world is screwed. But uh, maybe the rest of the world's not as bad as this though. Maybe it's just the US. It's a wasteland. <laughs> well, we kind of assume that they come from Russia. The bombs, right? Yeah, the missiles. The missiles. Yeah. I, I think you just assume that because it's the seventies and they're still in the it's Cold War. The seventies, and you you see them coming from. The north of the map, unless Canada is bombing the U.S. for some reason. <laughs> no, yeah, I think the idea is that they've shot them over, like past the North Pole, and right, they're, yeah, they're they're coming, coming in hot. Uh, so that's the gist of the movie. We'll get into all the nitty gritty and stuff. But uh, Tara, what did you think of Damnation Alley? I like this movie. I like it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, this movie's got a lot of things going for it that I like. First of all, it's weird 70s science fiction filled with all sorts of <laughs> doing the best they can special effects. <laughs> um, it's also a 70s trucker film, which I <laughs> kind of enjoy. I've seen a few of those. I watched one recently called uh, Trucker's Woman. It was uh, with a riff tracks, admittedly. but And uh, there's another one I like called... Um, Riding with Death, which was a Mystery Science Theater episode. It's just, uh, trucker movies were just in fashion for a little bit in the 70s. And there's a lot of that in this. Um, this also has a scene 
where two people have to turn a key at the same time. And I always love that in a movie. It always end, just builds the how important this moment is because you need to have two people and you have to do a countdown and you have to turn a key at the same time. I always love that in a movie. So yeah. You're, and it's got You're easily got pleased, dare I say. <laughs> you're easily pleased. If that's, honestly, the first thing I think of when I think of two people try to turn keys in a movie is Tide. Superman 3 where Richard Pryor has to get the guard because he's not supposed to be doing this. He's, he's doing this on the, on the down low because uh, he's hacking into something uh it's actually the thing that because he's doing the thing that becomes the plot of the movie office space because in the movie office space they reference superman 3 when they come up with the idea is that basically mm-hmm. all the money in the world like there's a lot of like remainders on a lot of accounts and it just kind of goes away and the idea is if you take all the remainders you're not really stealing from anyone but it actually amounts to like millions and millions and millions of dollars uh nonsense obviously but he has to turn two keys and he gets the guard drunk and he has to try and get the guard to turn his key whilst he's passed out and yeah i think if i remember correctly i think he has like a string or something on his hand and he has to try and time it and oh that richard Pryor. yeah superman 3 is not a great movie but i have a lot of uh childhood nostalgia for it and richard Pryor's is pretty good but <laughs> is three the one where people become robots one person becomes a robot yeah that was traumatizing as a kid yeah, she was pretty scary. She was a scary little robot lady. Just watching her transform, like all the tubes and stuff coming in, like, and the electricity going through her body. It was scary. Mm. But yes, uh, I uh, d- did have a decent time with this. Uh, it is a schlocky B movie, probably more schlocky and more B movie than most of the 70s movies we've done. Uh, I, dare I say that if, like, if I'd known more about it, this might have been more of a bonus episode on Patreon rather than like a, a regular episode. Eh, I think it's worthy of 70s month from the other stuff we've watched. Because I, I would say the biggest problem that I have with it is that it doesn't really have any momentum. It's not got a good script in the sense that it doesn't build to anything. It's just like a, almost like a series of segments where they encounter different obstacles and things, which is fine. But like it just kind of does that and then it ends. There's no real build or there's like... No, there's no plot. There's no crescendo. <laughs> there's no whatever. Um, it does star a very, very young uh, Jackie Earl Haley in it. Like a child Jackie Earl Haley. That's what very young means, I agree. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, not the only notable cast member, though. The detective from Terminator is in this movie. Yes. Um, I always think of him as the guy who also got the earworm in... Uh, in Wrath of Khan. <laughs> I, I figured you'd go that way. That's that's not that's not pretend I didn't, but uh <laughs> yeah. There's also a guy right at the start that I recognise who's not in it for long. Um Murray Hamilton. I'm just gonna click on him now to see what he's actually been in. Oh, he's in Jaws, he's the mayor in Jaws, that's what I know him from. Yes, I saw him too. He's barely in it. Does he even have lines? I think he has like one line at the start. I I see his face and then, yeah. you know, explosion. I was like, I don't know what he's in, but I know him from something. And then, yeah, as soon as it says Jaws, oh, yeah, Jaws. Oh, yeah, he's the moon. He was also in the second episode of Twilight Zone where he plays Death. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a bit younger than that. That's yeah, n- opposite Edwin. Very nice, very nice. Uh, so there's like a few faces in this to recognize. Plus Hannibal from A-Team is in it. George Papard. I've only seen like one episode of A Team, so I never recognised them. But mm. <laughs> it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing to point out. It's, it's, it's a fair bit of trivia. Uh, 
yeah. And, and for the most part, these are all people who are, with the exception of Jaws Mayor, because this is, you know, like, you know, around that time. Uh, the rest yeah. of them are all younger than what I know them as. So, like, so the detective from Terminator, for example, he is much skinnier in this than he is in Terminator. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, Terminator, he's, you know, he's let himself go a bit. He's got a belly. He's, like, he's eating those donuts. You know, maybe maybe that was just method acting. Maybe he just, like, ate a lot of donuts because he's, oh, I'm playing a cop. I'm going to eat donuts. Right. No? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. <laughs> I had my, my donut joke to make. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah it was worth it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I would describe if you if you like movies like this, I would say it's oh. a decent enough watch, but it's not like a must see by any means. Was this the same year as Jaws? Uh seventy seven. No, this is two years later. Oh, okay. Man, he stepped down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he went went from Jaws to this. <laughs> <laughs> he had a significant role in Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> to maybe possibly one line in this movie. I like the idea, though, that they took him from Jaws to a movie that has no water in it because he was such a shitty mayor <laughs> when it came to you know governing a an island surrounded by water. That, yeah. Like, no, no, uh, you get desert this time. You're just in the desert. <laughs> I guess this is the same year as Close, as Close Encounters, so it could be the same year as Jaws. I don't know what I was thinking. Close Encounters and Star Wars. Yes, I mean... You, maybe Logan's run? I don't think people would have been mad at you if you just hadn't remembered that, you know, specifically that 77 was the year that Close Encounters came out. <laughs> it's a big year for sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, dare I say, though, that Damnation Alley's not the, uh, the top of that pile? You dare. <laughs> for 1977, I just... Just, just, yeah, I've got it uh, so, yeah, um, I get, I mean, in terms of, in terms of spoiler-free stuff, um, you mentioned the special effects, uh, there's a couple of, there's a couple of over-the-top things, obviously, they, they do have actual, a big vehicle that they're driving around it, but there's also miniatures that are quite obvious when they pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to have, like, a filter over the sky when they're outside, which is a lot of the movie, admittedly. And it'll be like a variety of like sort of greens. It's, it's it kind of looks like you know how in the Superman opening titles where they've got a lot of funky effects in space to like give it like this sort of like, almost like a, he's going to like a nebula or something like that. Uh, so you get almost what I think is like some sort of like green liquid that's been like poured into like a something or other, and like shooting it from a certain angle gives it this kind of look. It's sort of like that, but superimposed at times over the uh, over the sky. But I did notice in one scene where uh, your A team guy he uh, he actually walks out of the vehicle and his head like overlaps with where the sky starts, and they've not cut like the filter to, for his head, so his the top of his head actually goes behind the filter. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. So. There's definitely some, and uh, like, I mean, I don't know how hard that is to fix in 1977. Probably quite, but it's the sort of thing where I recognize it straight away. Because if, if you do any kind of photoshopping, it's exactly the sort of thing you see a lot. Because that's what you fix. That's what you're looking for. That's what you're mm-hmm. you're tinkering with to get it look right. Uh, so. I thought the the sky effects were very inconsistent in a lot of places. It seemed like they were two different colors in the same shot. Like depending on mm. what person they were looking at, 
or what direction the 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 clouds were moving were inconsistent. Um, it just kind of added to the charm for a lot of it, though. I'm glad they didn't leave it blank. Yeah, they, they put in the effort to try to make you know a poison sky from nuclear waste. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think one of the questions that comes up is, well, if the sky looks like that, is is, is any of this safe to travel through? Are you okay being outside? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've never seen a red and purple sky before. Like, I mean, they or do green. Ad- they do address it in the sense that they say, no, there's parts of the country that we we can't go through because the radiation's too bad. We have to like sort of like dance around it, and that that's what you yeah. know, that's what damnation alley is. It's like you're you're kind of like going the the safe route. Although there's still some obstacles on the way. We'll get into those in spoilers don't you worry um but yeah so yeah yeah effects are fine the very 70s they're quirky at times they're endearing at times uh they're never convincing though i suppose that's the one thing you would say is they're never convincing yes (laughs) i would agree with that (laughs) yes so um I uh, I mean, I think the opening shot, they just drive into a matte painting. <laughs> it's just so obviously a matte painting. <laughs> that's right. Of this base. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing is that this, this movie opens with uh, just like the base. And I, I think the weirdest thing about the opening for me is that no one, like everyone is just sort of there like it's an day at work. And it's not like, oh, tensions are high, they're expecting, like, you know, that we could go into World War Three at any moment. Like, they're just sort of having small talk, they're just, like, joking around. And that would be fine, because that, that could be, like, contrast, right, where all of a sudden it's happening, so they all, like, go scared, because, oh, shit, now it's real, now we may have to launch some nukes, blah, blah, blah. Um, nope, just another day of the job. But it doesn't, but that's the thing, it doesn't even feel like it changes either. It feels like, like... These two guys, because two of our main characters are the ones who were turning the keys to launch, like, you know, the counter nukes. And, like, they don't even... Like, they, they, they go a bit more serious, but it, it doesn't feel like... Like, no. the, the world's ending outside. It doesn't... It never, it no, never gives it you that it feels feeling. very much like they adjust to this world pretty quickly. And anytime anything big happens in this film, or somebody dies, they everybody just bounces back really fast. Oh yeah, they brush it off like like things are nothing. Uh, yeah. To to the point where I'm not even sure they address that a character died at one point when, yeah. like, they're supposed to be someone else's close friend, <laughs> but and they weren't there for the death, so they never. But they never have a scene where they find out and like react to it or, you know, it, it just the movie goes on like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It and it ha- it does that a few times and for different things, so. And these are very valid complaints, and it's to and it's why that it does feel like kind of schlocky, and why it is just a B movie that kind of glosses over a lot of weird things. A lot of good stunt work, though. Uh, I think Jan Michael Vincent did all the stunts on the motorcycle, and there's a lot of good stuff. There's some dangerous moments too, where he like almost he has to like slide off right before he gets to the edge of a cliff, or like does some jumping over things, <laughs> but. But it's it's kind of fun. Like it's some good stunt work with the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, just just wait until you hear what what they're what he's running from on the motorbike. Uh, mm-hmm. What the chase scene is is you know what's chasing them. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, I, it's the best part of the film. 
the all the best part of the film. That's, that's a bold claim. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, there's definitely like a lot of things to gloss over. There's like weird technology that just kind of there. Like somehow, like uh, a team did. He he is like somehow programmed a system on this vehicle that will give you a red light if you've went off course, and then will give you a green light when you're pointing back in the right direction. And I'm like, how exactly? Like military technology. We don't know what it is. I, I mean, it's top secret. That's. I don't know how they hid these vehicles from the other employees there after the world ended. Well, there's a big secret building. Well, not a secret building, but there's a big building. You know, they, they come out of a door. It's not like... Yeah. yeah. I, I know, but like, if you already are the person in charge of setting off the nukes, like, you don't have clearance to know that there's this giant vehicle there in case the end of the world happens. I didn't get the impression that, uh... It was already there. I got the impression that the A team dude built this in the in the the two years since the nukes went off. Mm. But I, now, I thought now, they now, were don't there because they had two of them. Well, no, don't get me wrong, right? It is kind of stupid because like there's one scene where he's in like a workshop early on in the film talking to the little mustache guy, and they're, they're talking about like finding parts or fitting or finishing something off. I actually think it's ridiculous how little build-up or teases there is that there's some kind of vehicle at all. Because the mm-hmm. scene where they're unveiled, the scene where the door opens and they come out and A-team dude's like, right, this is how we're going to get across country. We have to travel in these things. Like, it comes out of nowhere and it just kind of like goes back in again to the idea that the, all the plot beats in this film are treated like they don't matter much. Like, they just kind of happen. <laughs> they're just there. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, and the introduction of these vehicles is very much that. Like, I actually, I was expecting a vehicle because it's on the poster, but other than that, like, when this door opened and these vehicles popped in, like, how how has there been no build to this? How have you barely mentioned this or, like, said, oh, I'm working on something, like, some sort of plan for the future or, or something? It, it just kind of happens, and it's like, oh, okay, I, I, guess we're, I guess we're doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that feels right for this film. Uh, it's pretty consistent with other things that happen in the film. <laughs> it is kind of a... Uh, like, it is still very much... It reminds me of, like, a boy and his dog. What? <laughs> it was just a sentence you just had, which was... Sounds right for this film. It's very consistent with other things in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit distracted because my cat was um, <laughs> destroying something while I was trying to form a sentence. <laughs> I, I, I can sympathize. I, I know I know that pain. Uh, I... He seems to be done now. That's good. Okay. Back to work. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this film seems like uh, a lot of it's sort of half-baked. But I, I do appreciate the schlock in the film and that they're trying to take it seriously and i i very much enjoy everything surrounding bugs in this film let's take it in seriously then there's barely reacting to anything which is what actually happens in the movie like a lot of the things that happen in this people should be like overreacting to yes well not even oh, overreacting yeah. like uh, reacting appropriately but compared to other things there should be a lot more emotion yeah the 
compared to other things that you might witness in your life, there should be, I don't know, more freaking out in the context yeah. of this movie. There, there, there really should be. They're uh, still concerned with making everybody like Dan Michael Vincent and George Papard just look like a badass in every situation with zero reaction, always a hero. And then that kind of thing. Well, yeah, but they don't even have like a character arc that like they set up a thing where a team dude is like thinks young hotshot is like untrustworthy and doesn't like him very much. But there's never really like a payoff to this where he earns no. his respect ever in the movie. It never happens. No, it's just, I don't think you're right for this job, and I've requested transfer, and it, you know, time goes by, and uh, they're fine with each other. <laughs> uh, not yet, they're not. I mean, they, they seem to be, I mean, they have to be in a, in a vehicle together for a while. Yeah, and they const- he constantly gives them shit, and then says things later on, like, is she going to be safe with him, implying he might be a rapist. Like, oh, that's, really? like, that's like halfway through the part. movie. And then his friend sticks up for him and goes, what? Of course she's, she's going to be okay with them. What's your problem with them? He's like, I just think he's untrustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like halfway through the movie. What are you talking about? I guess I missed that. <laughs> I did watch it a couple days ago. Um, yeah, and that's the other thing. I guess they kind of introduce a love interest, but then she never really becomes a love interest. No. I, I would say everyone's like, ooh, female, finally. We haven't seen one in a couple of years. But then she's not like, like if she's interested, there's no romance in the film. I mean, either one of them really could have like equal romance opportunity with her. Like she seems to be cool with either of them, but like not nobody does anything. Yeah, but why not? Why why is there nothing? Like do something. They're respectful. But you're not telling a story. I'm not. I'm not no. saying you actually have to do a traditional uh, romance plot or something. I'm not saying I want something generic. Uh, but do something. No, she's just there for the ride <laughs> and to save a couple of times. That's about it. Like, like, I just like the, the, the all the characters in this are basically nothing. Like they have nothing mm-hmm. going on for them. They have no character arcs. They don't progress. Uh, they don't form bonds or they don't uh, connect or get closer to each other over the course of the film, which is what you'd expect to happen. If, if nothing else in a movie like this, you'd expect them to get closer and be like a tight-knit like, family by the end or something. Um, or maybe fall apart and do the opposite of the tragedy. They where look they... like a family unit by the end. They're sort of filmed that way, but they don't act like it. Yeah, it's not there. It's just not. So, I'm like... Yeah, so... Yeah, my complaint stands. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just, like... But she feels like she's supposed to be a love interest when they introduce her. That's how it feels when they're setting her up. It feels like mm-hmm. they're going down that path. But, I mean, that's, prob- that's probably as much as I can really discuss before we just start talking about the segments and what the characters actually go through. Because that's really all this movie has. It's It's got a series of scenarios where things happen. And we will discuss the effects... The reactions to these various things and how they may or may not be stupid <laughs> as as we go through the movie. Which is not to say it's not like not. A, what? Not stupid. Mostly stupid. Uh, which is not to say that it's not like easy enough to watch because it is, but It's pretty short too. Oh yeah, it's like 90 minutes. It's not uh, very long at all. And it has no interest in having a challenging ending either. Like it just kind of suddenly ends and just gives it like a 
Like, I actually couldn't believe it when the credits started rolling because it sort of freeze frames and starts yeah. just rolling credits and it's like, oh wait, oh, okay. It's done. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, spoilers from this point on for Damnation Alley. You've been warned. Uh, not much to say about the openings so much other than just, like, just to sort of reiterate just how nonchalantly like they're looking at this board and it's like a map of the US and there's all these lights coming from the north. It's the big board. Yeah. And, and then, it, then it's like, okay, launch your counter-offensive. And so they launch some missiles and then we see some lights going towards the other lights. And then, like, so, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a little bit of stock footage uh, of rockets mm-hmm. taking off once they launch their own, but not much. It's mostly just looking at this light board and people staring at the light board. Um, some of the rockets fail. Some of the rockets fail. But... This really does struggle to kind of convey the idea that the world is ending because it doesn't feel like it in the scene. And it's not because you don't see it because I don't think that's a, an important part of it. I, I think there's plenty of movies that have done like, oh, the world outside is ending, but it's all from the perspective of just one person who hasn't seen any of it, right? I, I think mm-hmm. several stories have done that in the past and it's been completely fine. And it works because you have the... The, the mystery of it you have the reactions you have the the unseen world happening outside and you, you get a feeling from that i don't think you get that in this though it's kind of this weird middle ground where it doesn't work either way you don't see enough outside to get the sense of the scale of what's happening but also inside there's too many characters and not enough of them are reacting appropri- appropriately that you get the sense of the, the the weight and the drama of like how dangerous and how like how cataclysmic the event is that's going on outside yeah i mean they are military so you kind of get the the idea that they're this is what they're trained for they have a job to do they got the code to come in so they have to go take out their keys turn them at the same time with a countdown how are you awesome how is it you're somehow mentioning them turning keys (laughs) at the same time again that's always a great scene i i I don't know man just it's a weakness (laughs) How did this part a second go around in the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. It seems like it's a very special moment when we get that on film. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to hypothesize that in this particular movie, it's not actually that important. Well, I mean, it's they're launching nukes. The, or the counter nuke <laughs> missiles. Yes, that that is that is technically true. Yes, so pretty important, I'd say. Yeah, but does the movie make it feel like it's important? Yes. Anytime there's a two oh my keys God. turning <laughs> at the same time, it's always important. That's why you have to have two people and two keys. I don't understand what you're getting, what you're not getting here. <laughs> If I ever make a movie, I'm going to have, like, two scenes of this. At least twice. This is one of those episodes, isn't it? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have, like, those episodes. That's not... I'm not Tim. (laughs) That's a random bit of Tim shit. Uh (laughs) (laughs) What? Tim's trying to start a beef with me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I believe Tara is referring to Tim on uh, Even More Streams episode one. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's there, but uh, this has been ongoing for a while now. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm not saying gloves are off, we're not there yet. But <laughs> he keeps talking smack about Star Trek. We'll oh, see. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's not going to hear this. So, <laughs> so I don't know if it will progress, but uh, yeah, okay. M m watch this space. <laughs> I'm caught in the middle of this fight that may or may not it's be. It's not happening. a fight. There's no beef. There's no beef. Despite what he wants. Mm -hmm. He wants beef and you don't, which kind of sums up your vegan existence in a nutshell. <laughs> Checks out. Yeah. Uh, so, how, how, how have we not onto the post-apocalypse yet? This is... Well, because we have to talk about the keys turning at the same time. We've talked about it! Well, the, the keys have turned! It's done! <laughs> the keys have turned! Great scene. All right. What happens after? We get a montage of like colored liquids like moving around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's meant to represent the sky changing, I think, <laughs> and other stuff. But yes, it, it skips ahead. Uh, it's actually very unspecified, but later in the film, they do openly mention that it's been two years. So it's been two years since. Uh, uh, but th there is some text that explains yeah. that. Uh, we, we get, yeah. Right after the opening scene, we do get a text crawl. Even yeah. though we said there wasn't one there. Well, not at the start, no. But not you, at the start, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's some text after the, the time jump that explains the, the, just how different the world is. Uh, but without really explaining that much, to be honest. It just kinda, it's just kind of fluff, for the most part. Uh, and you say opening scene, but this is like 12 minutes out of the movie. That that opening chunk does actually last quite a bit. It's not like it's just a quick, you know, thing. Like, it it, it takes time to introduce, like, uh, the uh, Terminator cop um, <laughs> in his position, because he's, like, you know, staffed there as well. He's an artist. He has a very ominous line about how he's going to take time off soon and he's going to go somewhere. He doesn't know where, but it's going to be very green and... All I'm thinking is, haha, it's going to be a radioactive desert for the rest of the movie, so good luck with that, buddy. That's right. So. And he also says, like, oh, you've got no... Because he's, like, the guard before people can mm -hmm. enter the facility. So he's like, I see you've got no guns, girls, or something else with you. All th three things that people want after an apocalyptic event. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think food the, also is the other thing. He said food, guns, and women. He gives he does give them guns though when they come in to go down to the, the key room. Which now I'm thinking about it, why 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 did they get guns to go down to the key room? Mm, I don't know. In case they gotta shoot each other. <laughs> Are they expecting some like sneaky <laughs> infiltrators hanging around? Communism, yes. <laughs> Secret commies. You're a Russian spy. Secret commies. In charge of turning the second key. Lying in wait. <laughs> oh my god, you and the second key bullshit. <laughs> anyway. You know, before we recorded, right, like, after after we watched the movie, Tara mentioned to me, oh, this this movie has one of my favourite types of scene in it. 
and I don't know what she was talking about. She said she'd mentioned it before, and I've forgotten. Uh-huh. I'm never going to forget now your weird <laughs> fascination with scenes what? with two people turning keys. So we were reintroduced to our characters. Um, there's apparently tons of them still left. We get glimpses of like like all the staff who would still be working here, uh, just mm-hmm. sort of hanging around. Uh, now, I'm jumping ahead slightly. We'll go back and talk about the introduction to our main character again. But basically, <laughs> someone falls asleep while smoking whilst they're looking at their porn and it basically just blows up the entire place. I was confused about this moment. So I, I think the implication is that they they had like uh, containers of gas and the fire spread to that. And they also they had lots of spare missiles. Now, I'm not sure if all of them would just like detonate with just, you know, fire. But either way, uh, all of the excess people were A killed. A second apocalyptic event happened in this one location. <laughs> Pretty much. like So it, it leaves us with like four characters who were either up up working on the vehicles or mm-hmm. like the other two who were just... I think they live in their separate little building because they were like friends and he was like the guard. <laughs> so they just kind of stay up there. Um, so that, that, that's kind of what motivates. Well, we can't stay... All the supplies that were here are pretty much gone now. We have to travel somewhere and that sets up the movie. But before we Luckily, get... Luckily, <laughs> not everything exploded. Well, that, I think the vehicles, that's a, yeah. Well, that's a separate building, I think. That, like, that was like a... Because the, the building... The, the place that goes on fire is like the underground place, right? That's mm-hmm. like a separate thing. I I guess it's separate from the garage. Yeah. And the little building that our, our, our main two guys are in, that's like separate as well, by the looks of it. Yeah, the the dome. Yeah. The little observatory they have. <laughs> so before we before we move on though, uh when we first cut back to these characters, so our main dude, uh our hotshot, he is riding a motorbike uh to the desert and his friend, Terminator Cop, is like watching from a telescope, like up in the, the roof of the building, and He's like, oh, he's got, a, he's, he's got someone with him. Is that a woman? And I actually thought to myself, she looked kind of stiff <laughs> in a couple of the shots. But it doesn't actually reveal t- until the very end that it was a mannequin, right? And that's all it was. Because he dumps her. <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't know that when he dumps her, though. Like, there's, there's, no, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. But <laughs> so I was like, what the hell? <laughs> when he actually dumps her in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that's supposed to be uh, like our, our hero if you will, yeah. <laughs> in the movie. And he... Because he, 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 he sort of turns around and says something to the effect of, so this is where you get off, darling, and pushes her. And you're like, wait, this is really dark. And he's like, because there's, there's giant scorpions like that have mutated mm-hmm. coming for them, which no one talks about. No one reacts to the fact that there's like giant, huge, like Within car-sized scorpions. <laughs> yeah. But it's not until he gets back to the, the, the base and like Terminator cops like, hey, what the hell did you do to her? And then that's when it cuts back finally as he kind of reveals, oh, it's just a mannequin. Um, I, I Which I guess, like, it kind of does the I Am Legend thing briefly where he talks about how, you know, for a second there I talked to her and I even kissed her on the way back. And it's like, okay, I guess... Am I crazy? Yeah. And he goes, you're not crazy, just just a little selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's basically just something that like other post-apocalyptic stories have done and have done since. Mm-hmm. Uh but it just kind of glosses over it right to the start. <laughs> but also giant freaking scorpions. They don't want to talk about those. They're not, they're not going to mention those. Cause, oh, no. 
because that's not notable or like <laughs> why aren't they coming near the building why do they why are they not concerned that the scorpions aren't going to come knocking one day oh no man they don't seem very concerned about that is maybe it, their base is scorpion proof they had two years is it just because they've got lots of weapons but presumably is that they it? just they just had a ton of raid cans in there in their base that they just sprayed outside. So, yeah, that's basically that. Uh, so they, 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 they take two vehicles. There's two of them. Not for long, but there's two of them. Uh, and they go in two pairs. Well, they show two, but never at the same time. They clearly only had one vehicle built for the film. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they have two. So so uh, A-Team Dude and Hotshot are in one. Terminator Cop and Mustache Red Shirt. <laughs> in the second one um, they have character names I don't remember them either well obviously they have character <laughs> names why Why are you telling me I don't think I have character <laughs> names I just clearly don't know them <laughs> why would you assume I don't know that <laughs> well I'm just saying we've given them we've assigned them new names well yeah clearly yeah like if someone didn't get that we just Name, renamed them ourselves and I'm sorry but you're the they're the idiots <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, so yeah the first thing they encounter is a storm there's like tornadoes uh, some shit uh, the second vehicle gets flipped and it kills mustache red shirt uh, mm-hmm. it injures terminator cop a little bit in the leg but he, he basically heals like by the next scene so it's, it's fine <laughs> And nobody misses the mustache man. No one, no one. Well, t- uh, to be fair, not to be fair, they do fight over him a little bit because Hotshot says, "Hey, do you want to admit you were wrong now? And this is too dangerous to like make this trip." And he gets angry at him, which means that this is the this is actually the most to react to any like death in the movie because they actually have a fight over it in some form. Um. Whereas later on, when Terminator Cop dies, and it's supposed to be the best friend of Hotshot, he never even reacts to it or. Well, he's got a lady now. But he never even, like... She, he's been replaced. He never even, like, finds out. And therefore, like, he's just not not there. And he never questions, why is my friend not here? What happened to yeah, him? Yeah, I did think about that, yeah. Like, that's a, that's a bit weird. But that, that's skipping ahead. I, it's during... Before this scene and, like, after this bit is when we get a lot of exposition. There's, like, radio signals coming from Albany, like, on a loop, like, once a week. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's the only place where there might be some civilization. So that's where we're going. Um, okay, sure. Uh, that, well, that's basically it, really. I mean, I, well, there was some stuff later on when he was talking to the kid. This is much later on, but he's talking about how they think the Earth is off its axis mm-hmm. and they don't know if it'll ever fix itself. Um, and it actually does, seemingly, by the end of the movie. There's, like, a moment towards the end of the movie where I think that's 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 what's supposed to be happening, is that the Earth is correcting itself, but... yeah. Uh, either correcting itself or there's been more bombs that we yeah, didn't see. Yeah, but there's nothing to suggest there's been more bombs, so I have to assume yeah. it's just the Earth corrected itself. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, and then then they arrive in Vegas, which for some reason the casino because okay for some reason they want to stop at all uh, because oh it's Vegas let's go out and have a look and even A Team dude who's like the the hard ass who's like doing things by the book he's like. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and then when they go into the casino, somehow they even comment on it as well. Like, oh, even Lights the post- are always on. Even the post-apocalypse, you can't turn off the electricity in Las Vegas. I'm like, 
and where's this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Every, every, uh, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, slot machine. Slot machine has its own generator built in. Apparently. Which, even, <laughs> even just the idea that they want to stop and play slot machines is, yeah. like, absurdly. And it, there's a strange moment where they're all, all three of them are playing at the same time and, and they're, like, really into it and you hear, like, a crowd of people that aren't there. Oh yeah, it's like a montage, and they're yeah, so it's like they're it's the fever. They've got the fever. They've got the fever. How <laughs> dare you bring up that episode of Twilight Zone? <laughs> yeah, it's a really dumb. Mo- and I'm not saying that you can't do something like this to show them kind of like, like oh, they're reminiscing about like things they've lost because of the apocalypse, and they're 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 remembering and they're getting like entranced by it, but. The problem with the movie is that the characters never react to the world they're in, and it feels like they're taking everything very lightly. So, like, you know, this movie should have fairly depressing characters, by and large. It should be characters who are broken by this world that was lost to them. Because this is these are all people who remember the world. This isn't someone who grew up in the post-apocalypse. These are all people who, two years ago, were living in the regular world, and now it's mm-hmm. like this. And... Yeah. It's tr- It's almost like a. It's like a sitcom episode when like Al Bundy goes to Vegas and he's just excited to play some slot machines. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, right. So. So yeah. But they sh- find a lady. Schlocky. Yeah. Yeah. So a woman just runs out. Uh, at some point, and she will mm-hmm. be therefore known as woman or lady, <laughs> or a derivative of thus. <laughs> She is very excited to see the three men and immediately hugs A-team guy, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's- Actually, there's a line from Jan Michael Vincent where he goes, I, oh, great, like, the one woman left on Earth and, like, she knows him. But it really, and I, I rolled my eyes, like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no, no way no, that, yeah. that she knows him. And it turns out that he, they were just uh, assuming or making a joke. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know each other. Uh, and I actually was glad this was brought up because in the next scene when she's talking to them, she's packing, like, multiple suitcases. She's putting dresses in her suitcases. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad the A-team dude eventually went, hey, like, it's, it's one vehicle. Like, you need some, like, you know, jeans and shirts. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. st- stop all this. <laughs> Leave all your glamour stuff behind. <laughs> like, you don't need a dress and high heels, right? Those days are over. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's a lot of sand. Yes. Wear sand gear. <laughs> so yeah, not going to work. Uh, but she does mention her story, like what what was going on, like who she is. So she's like a singer in Vegas, and the manager of the, the, the this particular club or casino, whatever it is, uh, was going to introduce her to like some of the bigger singers, you know, of the time. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, uh, but then she basically says she got casting couched, where mm-hmm. like they were in the fallout shelter, which. You know, convenient fallout shelter because nukes. Um, because that's where he took her to receive a favor for doing favors for her. Which um, she did. Yeah, she says, after I did my part, uh, that's when the nukes fell. And so she actually spent like time here in the post-apocalypse with this guy. They were the only two that survived. But then mm-hmm. he eventually like, killed himself or something. Yeah, he died. I don't remember. Yeah. How I don't remember how either. Said. Yeah, I've forgotten what, what the detail was, but uh, but yes, so she was left on her own, uh, and now she's all excited that there's people, yeah. And she's like, she's got a, an accent from some she's French, I think, maybe European country, 
yeah, something like that. I'm not quite sure what the accent is, but you could tell like she left everything to come to America to have with a big dream, and she gets immediately casting couched, and then <laughs> and then the apocalypse happened. Happened. It's just it's kind of tragic. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have to imagine a lot of people who get casting couch never actually get what they were promised, but it's another thing when the world ends on the way out the door. I know, and she still did the favor. It could have been before everything happened. <laughs> I mean, what, what was the what was the uh, like the mood after? Like, you know, what once they're on their own, they're basically having to play married couple in the post apocalypse. Like, what's the mood there? Like, yeah, you know it you know he's not okay with it he's not a one one woman guy no no i, I yeah i don't imagine he was very pleasant in, in no. this time period maybe she killed him i mean you could headcanon that yeah you could headcanon that she killed him i like to think that <laughs> maybe, maybe he he tried to demand another favor and maybe she snapped and got him and she snapped and like beat him over the head with like a with something you get in vegas like so i don't know of, a I don't know, like a, a uh, funny looking glass of, of beverage. I don't know, a golden scepter, like you know, one of the the props from the entrance of the the, the, the casino or something. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Vegas. I just don't remember much. Okay. A silly straw. She murdered him with a silly straw. They would take some finesse. For margaritas. It would take some finesse, but I'm not saying it couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that then we just cut ahead and we, we... Like, this is the thing, like, the dynamics of these people living together and, like, okay, what are the, the rules here? What's the safety like? Because all... I mean, theoretically, all the guys might want to try and make a move on her. And the only, time, the only thing that's brought up is the A-team guy says, okay, I've come up with a schedule for the shower. And I'm like, you've got a shower on this thing? Mm-hmm. That was that was my thought. Like, where's the? Sh- I want to see what the shower is. You gotta wash off that radiation. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> Once a week. Just That's a what straight it's iodine bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, it's not not really brought up. Oh, I mean, obviously, the fact that she's a woman is relevant later on because there's definitely some rapey characters like they encounter. <laughs> but uh, as far as the main dynamic of the group goes, there's like almost nothing. The the only thing that happens is that the next place they go. Is they end up in Salt Lake City, which I, I I've not I've not consulted a map to check if this makes sense uh, in the journey to. to it's pretty north. I mean, yeah. It's it's northeast of where they are. So yeah, it goes Nevada and then up through Utah, where Salt Lake Salt Lake City is. So yeah, it's more or less. Like, I mean, we know they're not going in a straight line because they have to dodge. They have to go around yeah. Damnation Alley. Yeah. Yes, so they have to dodge certain areas, but. Yeah, but it, but it roughly makes sense. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Uh, and this is the, the next segment of the film. So, so our segments thus far. Let me just sort of describe once the journey started. Storm, which causes you know physical turmoil because it like overturns one of the vehicles. Uh, two Vegas fun se- like nonsense section where they interact and get a new person, right, a woman. Section three, killer cockroaches. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so, and 
It is probably the best part of the movie for, even though it's really stupid and, like, some of the effects of the cockroaches, because they have, like, like, batches of cockroaches moving together because it's clearly, like, on, like, a rug or something or something. They're all connected. Well, they're, yeah, they're fake yeah. at that point. Yeah. But you can sort of see what they're doing and how they're doing it. But what I will say I about this... I think it's so funny. <laughs> what I will say about this, though, is that it does tease them before it happens. Like, they, they notice that the car that they're nearby... Like this, like the the flesh is like taken off the the body, and like even the car seats are just the springs. Like all the fabric is gone, mm-hmm. and then there's like another car when like uh, the other two go into the city, and they see more cars like that. So it does suggest that there's something eating at everything. Like everything's being eaten. Yeah, yeah. And Terminator Cop says like, oh, uh, like look at the way they died like that, or like what what's happened. And then you see them, they're like the they're the cockroaches from like Men in Black, the really big ones. Yeah. And you start to see one or two here and then it sort of builds up. Uh, so I'll give it credit, like as stupid as some of this is, at least this one look kind of like sets it up, has some mm-hmm. suspense. And then honestly, when Terminator Cop does get killed, because he, you know, he gets a few cockroaches on him, he tries to hide in the car, but then they come in the car... Every time it cuts back to a shot of him and he's like got blood all like running down him and he's like sort of mm-hmm. yelling because he's been eaten by cockroaches, it is fairly effective. You yeah, know? it's a gruesome death. Yeah, it, it works. You uh, don't go like that. I mean, I hate cockroaches. Ugh, I hate them. A team guy was like trying to save him with the fire extinguisher, but he's too late and it's yeah. like he has to retreat. Um, but by this time. Hot shot and lady, and this is the only. This is the time where it was like, okay, it's trying to set up a love interest thing because she's on the back of the bike, and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going shopping, and this is when a uh, team guy's like, hey, can we trust him with her? Uh, so I think it's trying to set up here that they're they're they're, they're bonding a bit because he's taking her out of the city to look at stuff, and he didn't rape her. Good man. I'd like to think the standards should be higher than that <laughs> myself, but in a post-apocalyptic world, yeah, <laughs> if if a man doesn't rape you. They're they're probably a decent person. That's just. I mean, I've seen a boy and his dog, so I mean, I, I like I I I I get where this is coming from. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it, it's not too long though. Whilst this is going on, where they start seeing cockroaches and they're trying to get out of danger, uh, which leads <laughs> to some fun stuff with him and the bike, like driving away from them. Eventually, uh, the 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 main big vehicle because it's it's got like a it's got like a rocket launcher on the top, which I've not mentioned <laughs> yet. Uh, but like it fires a hole through a wall and drives through it and like comes and rescues them and then they like you know get out of the city just in time most of this though is relatively fun i i, I, I think, will say yeah i think this is a really fun scene i think this is the best scene in the movie other than the obvious two keys turning at the same time <laughs> yeah uh yeah so yeah it's probably the best segment of the movie i say it's not really one scene it's multiple scenes <laughs> but it's the best segment of the movie Mm-hmm. Um, but much like everything else in this movie then they're driving in the desert again and there's a shack not not shack the person a shack <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting I don't know what age shack was at the time he was probably like 12 or something I don't know where's just shack probably Jackie Earl Haley age yeah because I mean, he was playing basketball in what the 90s so mm-hmm. he was probably a kid maybe a little younger than Jackie Earl Haley I was to guess i don't know he'd, he'd probably still be taller than everyone in the movie though because even at, even at like 12 he's probably yeah that's why they couldn't cast him yeah i'm sure <laughs> oh but they could have pretended though that he was like a, a human that had been 
like and big like, like the scorpions like he was big because he was a really big child because of the the radiation they could have played right. that i mean why not uh but yeah so they run into jack hill healy whose parents died and he like like throws rocks at them he tries to get away the only thing that a make- sharpshooter with those rocks oh yeah he, he hits a team guy in the chest in the exact same place twice it's uh <laughs> i think it's jan michael vincent he hits like it hits him twice <laughs> with a rock twice oh you may be right maybe him yeah he's sticking his head out of the the vehicle like, god dang it <laughs> <laughs> good arm though and the only thing that makes him pause though is when he sees the lady he's like a lady uh and he misses his mommy yeah i don't know he's a little bit old to play it that way though like he's old enough where it may be pervy <laughs> it might be <laughs> like, like he, may, he may he may be getting a getting a getting a tingle Might be an right? oedipus thing yeah <laughs> um but they, they do catch him and they set him down and feed him and like hey you should come with us we're going to go to albany uh if you don't want to we'll leave you some supplies but blah, blah 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 uh you should come with us and he, he agrees to if you'll teach him how to ride his bike because he wants to learn how to ride a motorbike and he's like sure <laughs> teach me how to throw a rock like that and that is Such your next, accuracy that's your next segment uh uh there's a little bit of a montage where like they're bonding slightly where he yeah, seems... you get the routine of everybody on yeah. there, uh, in the car, whatever it is, the vehicle. It, yeah, taking turns doing different things, and like, even the kids driving at one point, and they're teaching them how to do that, or whatever. Uh, end of that segment. And we don't have <laughs> many left, we've got, like, we've basically got, uh, so, so the next segment is another classic post-apocalypse thing, which is you encounter some humans that have went kind of deranged, and they're like cannibals and rapists, and they're like very dangerous and the old guy the leader of this little team so they, they hold them at gunpoint take their weapons and most of them go with like the other characters out to the vehicle to like and they're out there for a while like doing nothing while this all plays out but you've got the lady who he keeps behind and because like he heard she was like a singer or whatever it's like hey play the piano so she starts playing the piano and and whatnot uh and it's all very like yeah, you're going to entertain me before I use you mm-hmm. <laughs> for 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 what I deem you uh, applicable for, um, which upsets the others actually. When the kid runs out and tells them like what he's in there doing, oh no, sorry, that's upset them. It's the opposite. They're like, so so he comes out and they're pretending they're a family and that like him, her and Hotshot are like husband and wife and like, mm-hmm. the kids theirs, and the kid runs out and says what's happening. And Hotch says, hey, he better not be doing anything with, with my missus. And the two hicks say something to the effect of, oh, don't worry, he's just doing the same sort of stuff that we're going to do later. I'm like, that's not a comfort. Uh, oh, I thought, I thought like, their, their leader of the, of the hillbillies are saying, oh, uh, but I'm supposed to get her first or whatever. And he gets upset and moves out. Am I remembering that wrong? I think it was the leader that was with her. I think I think it was the two henchmen, if you will, that went out oh, okay. with them. Uh, and I, I just didn't get why that was meant to be a comfort. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not doing anything that we're not going to do later. Like, why, why is that meant to make him feel better? Like, assuming it's not going to be... I mean... If, if they... Yeah, if they feel like... If they think that that's his wife. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, obviously, like, they, they end up just sort of, like... Like, in fact, they use one of the rockets, like, a A-team guy fires a rocket at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, or one of the guys. Oh no, yeah, because he fires at one of the guys and it shoots him into the wall. It's actually probably one of the funniest effects of the whole movie. <laughs> it's a yeah. nice little moment, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah they killed him, and they move on. End of segment. <laughs> then things get a little wet. Yeah. Oh, do you anything you want to add about that part? I, don't, I, I mean. I mean, not really. It's yeah. it, it is standard, uh, like post-apocalypse. Hairy guys are just searching for rape and murder and yeah. cannibalism. Yeah, but pre- pretty typical. Uh, they end up at a. I think I think they mentioned in Detroit at this point, but they end up uh, at a, a junkyard. They're looking for parts to help fix some of the vehicle, and I, I guess it's a tsunami. <laughs> a famous Detroit tsunami comes in. That's why I was thinking maybe that this is the part where like the some other part of the planet is trying to like fix the access. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, or is it just a radioactive tidal wave? No, <laughs> in no, the middle of the country. Things things seem better afterwards. So I think the point of this is that this is the Earth kind of like tilting back. Yeah, if, it seems like there's a lot of earthquakes going on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the idea is that the reason why the water is hitting here is because it's like, okay, it's, so, it's shifting so much that it's causing all this chaos. If anything, the, the, the most ridiculous part of this, if, you, if, if you're willing to go with the fact that Earth is retilting itself on its axis, is that anyone survives this because it sh- <laughs> well luckily the car or the vehicle shrinks down into model size and just floats around in the bathtub for a while <laughs> yeah that's this is a really obvious model i mean this is this is the thing even great movies like godzilla right water uh-huh. always gives away the scale of whatever the the miniatures are or in the yeah. case of godzilla like the fact that it's a guy in a suit right with like a like a, a small city because mm-hmm. when water you can't fake you can just sort of tell how big it is because waves just move like small waves big waves they move a certain way you can just kind of tell if it's a big body of water or a smaller body of water that you're pretending is big by going in close water gives it away uh and fire too as well actually fire gives it away as well um so yeah it's just really silly it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of like adorable almost like just how stupid <laughs> it looks yeah it does look like it's just floating in a bathtub yeah uh so they survived that everything's too damaged at this point but they've washed the sky up sky looks good though sky looks better so i think the world has fixed itself and they've washed up on an island seemingly um and they seem to be close to albany and they're, ser- they're checking the radio, and sure enough, they hear or uh, music starts playing, and they they call in at the frequency, and someone responds, and they're only like a few miles away. They're you know, hey, we're here, civilization's here, and the movie ends with Hotshot grabbing the motorbike, uh, and is it the kid? And that- the kid, yeah, the kid jumps on on the on his back, and the young Rorschach. They ride all the way to to where this is. They don't wait for them to come. Uh, and when he gets there, there's like a there's like a village. There's a lot of green. There's a lot of kids come running out onto the street. And as they're all happy and smiling because they found civilization, the freeze frame happens and the credits start to roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, With just a bunch of hugs. Yes. So I mean, you presume that a team guy and lady are going to get picked up. They're, they're going to go get them. But. Uh, <laughs> But Hotshot had to ride ahead and see that it was real. Uh, 
So honestly, like, and I'm not saying that a movie like this can't have a happy ending, and you can't have, but it just looks so easy and perfect. Like this just looks like a like a village, like a modern day village that has everything. It, it looks you'd like want. it looks like a suburb. Yeah, it, it it's like how how did Albany just like escape all of the effects of of uh, everything? I don't know. Maybe they built a wall between them and New York City. It it's just <laughs> it's just a really easy thing because they just they want it to have a happy ending. So oh, it's just yeah. happy, and that's it. There's there's no caveats. There's no tragedy. No one's learned anything. Uh, like even like wh- why not? So so the idea the you know the A team guy, the older guy, he always thinks that Hot Shots like too abrasive. He's too quick to do things. Like. What if towards the end he had to trust him to like do a risky thing, and that's what leads them to this place, just to sort of have him realize that sometimes you need to have a little bit of that that fire. Or what if alternatively, Hotshot had to learn that he had to like you know rein it in and follow the guy's orders a bit, and that's how they end up. You know, g- give one of them like no, they're very much the same p- people from when the bomb drops till yes the end of the film. Give give them a teaching moment. Give one of them, if not both, a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's all. That, that, you know, just an arc would be lovely. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Something for the woman to do <laughs> would so, be nice. Something for the woman to do. <laughs> Goes for a lot of movies of this era, to be honest, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Would have been would have been nice to see. Uh so to sum up the, none of the characters actually really have anything <laughs> going on story-wise which is <laughs> you know it is what it is it it does kind of come across as like just schlock that isn't really that thought out because they're not really doing anything to tell a story um it's just here's like a series of segments each one has its own sort of trope and mm-hmm. admittedly, in 1977, they weren't as like tried and like played out as they are now. Whereas we are saying, oh, okay, they get to like the cannibals and rapists. It's like, okay, w- we are so used to that in post-apocalypse stuff now. In 1977, it was probably still relatively fresh. Yeah. But ooh, these guys are in real danger. <laughs> but uh, the characters don't always react the way they feel. Like, you feel like they should, and the danger they're in. I agree. What well, well, up with the roaches? Yes, but even the Which roaches. Is why it's a really good scene. Yes, but even the roaches though they don't talk about the fact that one of them died. They just never mention no. Terminator Cop again. Nope, he's gone. They just never mention it. There's, there's never an inkling. At no point does Hotshot turn and go, "Hey, where's my best friend?" <laughs> <laughs> Remember that guy I lived with for like two years? <laughs> yes, that doesn't mention it at all. So, you know, I. Like, so if the characters don't care about anything that's happening, then why should we? And that is a problem. Now, admittedly, like I say, it's perfectly watchable schlock. I had a decent time watching it because of that. Some of the effects have got charm. But I'm still going to call it out on those things because these are exactly Mm -hmm. the sort of things I would call out in other bad movies that I don't enjoy at all. And that would be why they don't work. So I can't not call out in this as well. I agree. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yes. Even though I think Tara is like, why you try to critically analyze this? just sit and make jokes that's all i'm trying to do because it doesn't deserve any more than that i'm not doing a very good job tonight (laughs) (laughs) talk talk, talk about the keys again go on you want to talk about the keys well yeah that does add a point at least one point to maybe two because there are two keys 
end. <laughs> oh. I just love it. You know, Terminator 2's got a good scene like that. Uh, obviously, Crimson Tide. Anytime you're going to deal with nuclear weapons, uh, Goldeneye has a scene like Actually, that. It's just, it just always builds tension and the just the important scene that this is. It just sets up that this is something very important. Because you have to have two people. Did, did you... Br- you keep saying that like it's... <laughs> It's like you're trying really hard for that to be the punchline where you say there needs to be two people at the end, and I don't know if it's quite working. Well, like, like if you want to get into something, you can't do it solo. It's a team effort, you know. It takes two people. <laughs> Launching nukes take is takes two to tango. As they say. Yeah. So does tangoing. So so there's yes, exactly. So there's many things. Many things take two people. Yeah, but like you are it just you know there's rules to this you love rules carrying a couch takes two people unless you're Arnold Schwarzenegger that man can carry a tree he can carry a sofa rate the movie (laughs) yeah I think the movie is dumb uh but kind of fun there's some really good moments in it I I really love the roach scenes um and obviously the one I just talked about with the keys so but there's a lot of uh, not so great stuff in the film. Um, it is very seventies. It is. I, I don't think it's bonus movie. I think it it's right on the borderline of bo- bonus, and what we expect from these seventies films, science fiction films of this caliber. So I'm gonna give it a six. I think it's a fun watch, and should be checked out, but it's not great. So it's a sixer. Okay. Uh... I'm just trying to decide if I disagree. I'm de- well, I'm definitely not going to hire. <laughs> That's definitely not on the table. <laughs> I'm not going to hire than a six. Uh, but do I feel like I'm being harsh if I go look? Because it is an easy enough watch. It, it's it's definitely got some charm to some elements of it. The fact that there is no like momentum or anything that was building up over the course of the film in terms of story... Uh, and it just kind of suddenly like it's just time to end. It doesn't end because we've accomplished anything with the characters. It just it's just time to end. Uh, so I think because of that, I'm going to be a little harsher and go five out of ten. But, I think that's fine. But yeah, it's just not. It's not. You know, I, I wouldn't say avoid it. Like if you like, if if, if it sounds remotely appealing, I see you make it something out of it. Uh, but yeah, but not a must see by any means or stretch of the no. imagination. So, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to make Tara pose for the thumbnail uh, at this juncture. Okay. So. I want to turn a key. And I think you should also turn a key when you do yours. So it's both of us turning a key at the same time. Uh, how are we doing that? Are we, am I going to have to hold a key up? Is that... No, we just, you know, we could mime it. I'll just okay, we're just follow it. my lead. <laughs> Three, two, one. Perfect. I don't know. We only talked about the the two people turning the two keys at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you think two times would be perfect to go with the theme of two? You know, kind of like how Two Face like models everything after two. Gonna get the papers. Get the papers. But but you did it like I don't know seven, eight, <laughs> maybe nine times. Well, it's the most important thing in the film. <laughs> Plus, you, you kept asking about it. 
you can let us know <laughs> no such thing you can <laughs> let us know what you think of the movie in the comments you can like subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at screams midnight for updates that is the mail fuzz movies twitter at screams midnight uh, and of course you can support us over at patreon can the tara that's right, Peter. If you enjoy our reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as less $1 per month, you will get access. That's right, you will get access to bonus movies for the Ace. So you can check out all of our schlock because that's where it goes. Uh, we got some real winners and some real losers there like uh, Transfers, the whole saga. You can decide which one's which. Which has uh, both winners and losers in it. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're working our way through the Tremors sequels. So those are those are quite fun. Uh, yeah, whatever. If you're a fan of Graboids, we're working through all of those. And what else we got there? Time Cop, for some reason, is there. I mean, just to get you guys to get that $1, I guess. Because that doesn't belong there. That's not schlock. <laughs> that That's is gold. schlock. It's time card. That is gold. It's good schlock, but it is <laughs> schlock. Let's not pretend it isn't schlock. Philadelphia Experiment 2 is there, speaking of sequels that go straight to the bonus. One of the best ones we've ever done. Hmm. But 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 bunch of no name actors in that one though. Except for Mr. Garrett Graham, most important actor of all time. Never heard what of if him. he ever had a key turning scene? I don't think so. What a missed opportunity for Hollywood. Anyway. Oh, is that, is that, is that, is that a Patreon plug then? Thank you. <laughs> See, that's how I know it's over because you say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, go, go do all that. Uh, and of course, uh, next time uh, we have 170s movie left, we are doing Silent Running. Uh, before we go on to make our own top 25 70 sci-fi lists, which we'll be revealing in a special episode. Uh, it's which... going to be so tough. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer. Add salsa.